Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Your brain does a lot of job directing traffic and help you process all of that sensory input. Right now, information that you're hearing listening to this podcast is being processed by your thalamus and sent up to your cortex for processing. But when your cortex processes this information, it has to decide what's important and what's not. This can be voluntary or involuntary. This week, we'll find out how our brain processes signals, how it regulates them, and decides what to focus on. Now, our brains deal with and process all kinds of signals. And one area of the brain that helps direct and control all this traffic from all your eyes, your ears, your taste buds, your sense of touch, all of that information has to get routed through your brain and decide where to get sent for processing. Now, the cortex is responsible for high-level processing, and we'll speak about that later. But first, something has to route all that traffic and decide where these signals need to go to get processed. And that's where your thalamus comes in. And a thalamus is actually there to help direct and act as the traffic warden to direct traffic to certain parts of your brain network. And it's been known that if there's some kind of impairment in the connection between the thalamus and your cortex, well, these thalamocortical circuits, that can lead to huge problems in terms of your ability to process, hypersensitivity to noise or other stimuli, and even maybe sleep problems. So understanding this transmission network and how your brain decides how to send that information up and which parts of your thalamus are involved there is incredibly important. Now, there's one part of the thalamus that is incredibly important for regulating and acting as the gatekeeper of this sensory information flow, and that's the thalamic reticular nucleus. And that's what researchers from MIT have been investigating. Now, lead also on this paper published in the journal Nature, Yikeng uh, Li and Violeta lopez Huretta, along with Xian Adonikas. Now, they were working under the direction of Professor Guoping Feng, one of the leaders of this research group at MIT. The thalamic reticular nucleus, called TRN, has been shown by this research group, such as Professor Feng and other MIT professors like Michaela Halasa, back all the way in 2016, that there's a gene inside this region of the brain, the TRN, that's responsible for blocking and distracting sensory input. And if you alter that gene, it's PTCHD1, pitched 1, well, it can affect the function of the TRN. Now, an example, in boys, if you lose that gene, which is often carried on the X chromosome, it can lead to this inability to process information, hyperactivity, attention deficit, or even autism spectrum disorders. So this gene regulating the function of TRN is incredibly important. Now, researchers now wanted to see if they could extend that study to see if they could actually understand the function of TRN even further and whether or not there'd be ways to boost that response of that network and in the absence of that gene, still improve performance. Now, in the 2016 study, the pitched one gene was knocked out in mice and they could replicate this inability to process signals, the ability to not focus and the attention deficit and um, ability to not process large amounts of information due to sensory overload. And that lined up with human studies, although you can't knock out a gene in a human trial, you can actually do that in mice studies, which has enabled them to confirm the results. Now, the researchers now wanted to see what 
specific types of neurons found in the TRM to see if they could find ways to help boost their function. And the reason is that most of the time at the moment, deficiencies in the processing in this part of the brain are tried to be boosted with things like Ritalin, a drug that basically has a widespread stimulation effect on the brain. And whilst that can work, it's sort of like taking a sledgehammer to the problem. So the goal was really to find a specific way to modulate the function of the thalamocortical output, basically to try and boost the function of this particular circuit to ensure that we could have a more targeted and more nuanced approach rather than the more hardcore approach used with a lot of attention deficit drugs. So the researchers took messenger RNA molecules that were found in the neurons of the TRM, which reveals which genes were expressed inside those cells. This allowed them to identify around hundreds of different genes that could broadly be broken into two subpopulations based on how strongly they express themselves or exp to those particular genes. So inside those cell populations, one of them was found inside the core of the TN, while the other forms a very thin layer surrounding the core. So these two populations form the connections to different parts of the thalamus, which means that the cells in the core are involved in relaying sensory information to the brain's cortex, while the cells on that outer layer appear to help in coordinating the information that comes in from the different senses, such as vision and hearing. So that means now that the researchers understood the role of the different neural cells on the inside of the outside of this circuit and how they do different things. And importantly, how the genes are involved in regulating the function of those cells. And that's where it becomes quite important because if you know which cells and the genes in those cells that are limited in their expression or could be boosted, that means you could actually have a targeted effect of activating or inhibiting different types of these TRN cells or more specifically the genes expressed in those cells. It means you could boost the performance or the output of these regions of the brain to enable the thalamus circuitry to actually work better. And this might have huge benefits for sleep, for attention, for cognition, uh, and they could be targeted much more specifically than the large Schlemhammer type approach that we talked about earlier. So if you can enhance the function of the cortical circuits, the thalamus cortical circuit network with and specifically, whether or not you would have improved the core cells or the outer layer cells, the cells involved in handling all the information in or the cells involved in processing and sending the information upstream to the cortex. By able to basically boost the function of different genes, you could really have targeted approaches to improving overall function, which may not only help people improve their ability to process large amounts of information, but help them deal with better regulation of sleep and a number of other issues. Now, this doesn't mean that tomorrow we're going to have a medicine that can help fix a lot of these issues, but it does give researchers a pathway to explore with targeted precision medicine to, in fact, boost the parts of your brain with specific cell types inside your brain by changing the amount of regulation of particular genes. And this is how precision medicine works. Now, it means that researchers like Yiking Lee, Violeta lopez Horeta, and Jeanne Donicus are really laying the groundwork of potential future medicines that can have huge quality of life and disability improvements for a whole range of people. That's what's published in the journal Nature from research from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology.
Now, one of the brain's important jobs is to take in all of the different sources of information from your senses, senses of touch, senses of hearing, smell, taste, sight, and then decide what's important to focus on. You might have heard of the term of sensory overload. Well, when you get bombarded with a range of sensations, and particularly for some people, this can cause inability to focus or actual just huge amounts of stress and anxiety. And the thing is, our brain is trying to process all of these different information sources and direct us to our attention, that is, to what is the most important for us to deal with at any given time. And researchers from New York University have investigated in the journal Current Biology the way in which our brain processes, in particular, images and decides which images deserve our attention. This is really important. When we, we get bombarded with a large image, it's very busy. And there's a specific region of the brain that helps us decide how to focus and deal with all of these images we get presented with. It's a way of selectively processing all of the bombarding information that our eyes have to deal with. And that's what researchers like Marisa Carrasco, a professor of psychology and neuroscience at New York University, have been investigating together with Antonio Fernandez, a PhD student. In terms of the brain, the brain is divided into many different regions, and in particular, a part of the cortex, the occipital cortex, actually is an important area in actually helping process and deal with visual stimuli. Now, in our daily lives, we get all kinds of visual cues. And that can be from large to small, to details on a computer or phone screen, to the large buildings or mountains or sky around us. And switching between these different contexts and deciding what is important to focus on and not involves a lot of what the researchers refer to as cognitive triage, processing all of that information and deciding what's the most important to analyze and deal with first. This is a key part of the visual processing information system inside your brain. Now, it means that your brain can spend energy on important things to compute and understand, because after all, your brain power and energy is finite and you have to manage it. Now, one of the ways your brain does this is through covert spatial attention. And that means it selects a certain location of a visual scene and basically prioritizes all its processing and guiding power onto that section even sometimes without moving your eyes to that locations. That's why it's called covert attention. I mean, your eye may not be focused on that area or moved to that area, but your brain is actually focusing on and processing and dealing with that specific region because it's the one of the most important benefit that it sees. Now, this covert attention process can both be voluntary or involuntary. Imagine looking at a scene in front of you right now and then picking a section of that scene to really analyze the detail on maybe an object with some text on it in the corner of your eye and without moving your eyes you can focus on that and sort of blur out and not pay attention to the rest of it that's voluntary covert attention but that process can also happen on an involuntary basis exogenous it's and depends on which one you actually try to trigger or what you're trying to do your brain if it has a spare resource capacity and deserved it's important may actually do some involuntary processing now what these researchers fernandez and carrasco were investigating was the which region of the brain was helping guide this involuntary process now previous research has shown that the occipital cortex which is in the back part of the brain is part of the attention cortical networks so that means that it helps guide and control vision. But it was unclear if that was involved in this prioritization process. 
So since it was involved in vision, would it also be involved in this computational processing part where you decide what's important to study or not? And that's what these researchers were looking at in detail. So they conducted a series of experiments with human observers and used TMS to manipulate and briefly alter cortical excitability in that area of the brain, in the occipital area. So basically, they asked participants to make an orientation judgment by determining basically if an image was tilted right or left on a computer screen. And then they tried to manipulate the participants' covert attention with a second image, an additional image, a cue, a small line that appeared on the screen prior to the stimulation presentation. So before they showed them this image that was tilted right or left, they gave them something else on the screen to distract them or get their attention. One stimulus appeared left and the other stimulus appeared on right off center. So while observers were, they were trying to focus on that center point. So by disrupting the stimulus and, and trying to see if they could nudge it one way or the other, they were seeing how the brain actually processed this and, and tried to deal with this noise or this additional signals. So in some cases, they could actually shift it, the focus. In some cases, they, they could keep it in place, what they called valid and invalid trials. And when they were doing this, they were actually watching the region of the brain, seeing if they could actually find the brain trying to process this and decide what was important to focus on in an involuntary sense. And they do this by basically watching and observing the brain waves and signals. And with that, they actually saw that this region, the occipital cortex, actually is involved in actually deciding where and how to focus. Now, to further investigate and test this, they actually then did this trial and this test with these cues and trying to get people to determine the orientation. But then they also disrupted or not disrupted a certain region that with TMS to see if actually they could cause or block the activity of the cervical cortex and see if it actually got better or worse performance. And by doing so, they actually showed that not only is the cervical cortex involved conclusively, but also if it isn't involved, well, there is actually a performance decrease. It's actually serving a important role of your brain to prioritize involuntarily all this information and make the decisions about where best to focus on. This is some interesting research published in the journal Current Biology about the way our brains process the bombarding amount of information and decide, either voluntary or involuntary, which parts to focus on and which specific region of the brain, the occipital cortex, helps us deal with unconsciously often even that important job of deciding what's important to focus on and what's okay to leave aside for now. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. This is what we found out about the important role the thalamus plays along with the occipital cortex in processing and analysing all that information that you get bombarded with in your day-to-day -day life. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.